All right, gang, gang, time for a new episode. I'm actually starting a new series. Um, this one's gonna be all about nutrition. I, um, I actually started recording this entire series as a video presentation that I was going to share with my clients on the client hub that I'm building for them. Um, but then I was, as I was doing that, I thought that the information was pretty dope, pretty good, and pretty comprehensive, and so, why not share with the entire world instead of, well, I mean, the seven people in the world that are going to listen to this, but anyone who wants to pay attention, why not share it with them? And so I thought, okay, let's take that presentation and let's create a YouTube video and post it on YouTube. And then I thought, well, let's take the presentation, turn it into audio and put it on Spotify. This is where I'm at now. I actually haven't posted it on YouTube yet because I want to record like an introduction section like this one, but for YouTube, but I'm really not happy with the audio quality that I'm getting from the, the video. So yeah, as you can see, I'm already starting to get a little obsessed with this stuff. So I'm probably going to need a new microphone for audio or for video content. Uh, so that's a separate story. And now uh, for this series here, um, the first part, which is this one, we're talking about nutrition hierarchy or the concept of the nutrition pyramid. So essentially taking all the different aspects of nutrition and organizing them in a hierarchy of things that are the least or the rather the most to the least important. I think it's a really important framework to understand because it really helps you parse through all of the nutrition information that's out there in a way that's gonna be productive for you. So like I said, I recorded this initially for my clients and in a video format. So there's probably a few instances in the in the recording that you're I'm going to refer to an image or I'm going to it's going to sound like I'm talking a little bit more specifically to my clients. But honestly, I re-listened to the whole thing and uh, there's only a few of those and it's really not a big deal. You definitely get the gist. I mean, like you can picture a pyramid and a hierarchy in your head like you don't have to see the the presentation. And like I said, eventually it'll be on YouTube so you can you can refer to that if needed. Actually, if you're extremely interested, you can just uh, send me a DM and I'll, I'll forward you the presentation today if you need it. If not, it'll be out in the on the interwebs pretty probably soon enough or probably even before you listen to this thing here. So episode one of a series, obviously this could start some pretty good conversations. So if you have any questions or there's stuff that you specifically want me to cover, please reach out because that's the point of the whole thing. I want to put out information that's useful for people and if you're wondering about specific aspects of nutrition, then you're probably not the only one asking those questions. And so that could help me drive some content moving forward. So don't be shy to reach out. All right, that's it for the intro. On to the podcast. Hello, friends. The topic of today's presentation is understanding the nutrition hierarchy. Essentially, what I'm going to present to you in this video is the best system that we have today to explain good nutrition practices. And the goal of this hierarchy is to organize the different aspects of nutrition into a pyramid where you rank order them in an order of the most important and the most impactful to the least important and the least impactful. So this hierarchy has been around for probably a decade at this point. It's been on my radar ever since it was as far as I'm, as I'm concerned, pioneered by Eric Helms, who is a big name in the nutrition world. And um, the model has been used and implemented by myself and a lot of people in the in the coaching field with great success. The goal for today is to um, give you an overview of the hierarchy and then I'm going to do separate presentations for each of the subcomponents so that we can go even deeper and give you all of the information necessary 
for you to truly understand this nutrition system. By the end of the presentation, you'll understand truly what matters the most when it comes to nutrition, what's less important. And I really want you to have all the knowledge necessary to know where you're going when it comes to nutrition. Also, when we're gonna put this into practice, we're often gonna find ourselves in the trenches working on specific aspects of this pyramid and focusing on them one at a time. So I think it's important that you're able to zoom out and understand the big picture to see what we're doing currently and how it fits into, again, that bigger picture. So what I want you to get from this is first to understand what is good nutrition because the pyramid is building towards good nutrition. We need to agree on what that means. Then you need to truly understand the hierarchy and have the knowledge to start making good nutrition decisions on your own, even though we're gonna be working together on this. I also want you to have a flexible framework because there's many approaches when it comes to nutrition that can work for the same person. Some approaches work for a person at a specific time and not at another. And some approaches work for certain people and don't work for others. And so if you understand the themes that make different approaches be successful, then we're gonna be able to make better decisions for you more specifically. And the last thing I want you to be able to do is have a framework again, but to be critical of what's out there because there's a lot of information as well as a lot of misinformation in the field. And I want you to have the filter to be able to identify accurate information, accurate information that may not be applicable to you or even inaccurate or false information. Okay, now let's define nutrition. And if we're trying to give a definition of nutrition that is going to be applicable to as broad of a range of people, with as broad of a range of goals, I think that this would be the characteristics of that. Nutrition supports health. Nutrition helps us look, feel, and perform our best. Nutrition controls energy balance. Nutrition provides adequate nutrients and is also sustainable. Now that we've defined good nutrition, let's look at the hierarchy of importance when it comes to nutrition and start breaking down all of the different components. So here is our pyramid. Let's take a second to do a quick overview of the pyramid and then we're going to break down the subcategories in more details in the following slides. The most important in the base of the pyramid is energy balance. We've got behavior and lifestyle, which we're going to talk about after. Think of it as the ground underneath the pyramids. If we don't have a stable ground to build our foundation off of, the pyramid wouldn't be able to stand. And so these things are not specifically nutrition related, but they're a set of behaviors that we need to have in place if we are to even be successful or implement what's on the pyramid. So back to energy balance. If we are not in energy balance, this is where our body starts to run into trouble on the long term. And so it needs to be prioritized when we're thinking about any nutritional approaches. And then we move into a second component, which is macronutrients. Macronutrient is essentially the breakdown of the food that you eat into um, protein, carbohydrates, fat. And then third order of priority is food quality. We're going to talk about a little bit more about that in a second. And then we move on to the two highest point on the pyramid. So the lowest priority items. And we're talking about nutrition, timing, and supplements. Very quickly, let's discuss um, this idea of the pyramid a little bit further. Because I'm sure some of you guys look at the pyramid and you think food quality. Like, I mean, eating real foods or eating healthy foods has to be the most important thing that we can do. Um, I just want to share a quote from George Box very quickly, which is that all models are wrong, but some of them are useful. And there definitely can be an argument for flip-flopping around certain aspects of the pyramid, such as putting food quality above macronutrients. But the reality is, if we look at 
the nutritional approach as a whole. If I were to say focus on energy balance and macronutrients as my priorities, and I have a small understanding of what food quality means, I'm probably going to end up in a place where food quality is indeed pretty good. And my overall diet is healthy or I'm following principles of good nutrition. On the flip side, if I were to exclusively focus on food quality without any attention on macronutrient or energy balance, I could easily run into some issues. I could easily be out of sync with energy balance while eating quality foods, and I could have macronutrient ratios that are very poor, and that could lead to unhealthy outcomes or really bad performance. And so yes, food quality is very important, but we're ordering it in this way because when implemented in that fashion, this is where we're most likely to get the best results. The other thing I wanna talk about here is that order of priority doesn't necessarily equal or doesn't always equal order of operation. So that means that for you, the way that we implement the pyramid to focus on these different priorities doesn't necessarily mean we're going to always start by putting all of the emphasis on energy balance. Because for some people with the bandwidth that they have and the, the food knowledge that they have, focusing on stuff like food quality or rough macronutrient ratios may be more easily implementable. And in the process of doing that, we may clean up a lot of the energy balance stuff. And so it's important to reiterate again, this is the priority and how we implement this stuff into your nutrition practice is going to depend on you and is gonna be individualized based on your current situation. Now let's dig a little bit deeper into energy balance. Like I said, you're gonna get a full presentation on this. We're gonna go deeper and we're gonna give you some more prescriptive stuff down the line, but the big picture needs to be made clear right now. If you're not super aware of what energy balance is, it's essentially the difference between calories in and calories out. Calories in is essentially how much food you eat and calories out is the energy that you burn in a day. When we figure out what energy balance is good for you, there's a bunch of different strategies like um, equations, certain multiplicators of body weight and so on that we can use. But essentially what we're trying to do is guesstimate what your calories out are for the day and then adjust your calories in to match the calories out. And so if we look at calories out, the first and the most important part is the basal metabolic rate, which is essentially the energy that your body requires to keep the lights on. So if I'm lying down in bed all day, and I decide not to get up, not do anything, that's the amount of energy that my body is going to burn. And we're talking about above 50% of my total daily calorie expenditure. So basal metabolic rate is the biggest one. Then we have non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is essentially all of the movement that you'll do once you get out of bed. But that is not yet considered actual exercise, which is the third component, which is exercise activity. So we need to figure out roughly how much you burn during exercise on average per week to figure out your calorie output. And then the last part of it would be the thermic effect of food. How many calories your body needs to burn to digest and assimilate the food that you eat. And certain foods have a higher impact on the, on the TEF than others, which we'll talk about a little bit in a little bit more details, but roughly we're talking about five, 10% of total um, daily intake. By the way, I have an article on my blog if you wanna go uh, check it out where I explain this in much greater detail. And then from there, you would use this information to calculate calories in. And there's a bunch of different methods out there and a bunch of different methods that we could use based on your current knowledge, situation, and ability, ability to implement. 
Um, some of them are more precise, more accurate, but also demand a little bit more attention and time. And some are more intuitive. And again, based on you and your goals, some of them are going to be more appropriate for you. So we, we could have something that's very precise and accurate, like weighing and measuring all of the food that you eat. Something that's a bit more in between, like if you're familiar with precision nutrition, they have a hand portion system, which is pretty good at estimating calorie intake. Or it could be something a little bit more intuitive, like understanding the principles of a balanced plate and try to make your plate as representative as representative of that on a meal-to-meal basis. The second aspect or the second part of the pyramid is macronutrients. There's three main macronutrients. All of the food that you eat is going to be comprised of those three, maybe including alcohol, which is a discussion for another time. But we're talking about protein, talking about carbs, and we're talking about fat. Each of those subcategories are gonna have their own presentation, but I'm giving you an average percentage range, not that is acceptable, but that is useful for most effective diets. So most people are gonna fit within those ranges. There's obviously some exceptions. As an example, people who follow a ketogenic diet could follow the principles of good nutrition and have a much higher fat component and a much lower carb component, but on average, most people are gonna fit within these ranges. We're talking about 20 or 40% for fat, about protein at 25 to 35, and carbs at 20 to 55. This is gonna be dependent on your, on your current situation, and then you can see how once you establish good energy balance and you know how much food you need to take in, then the next step would be to figure out, okay, how do I break the amount of calorie that I have into the right per- percentage of protein, carbs, and fat to fit my situation, my needs, and my goals. Why are macros important? Why do we need to make them a priority? Say I eat 2,500 calories. If I eat 25 calories, 2,500 calories, and my macronutrient is of a specific breakdown versus another, my body is going to function or respond very differently to those different breakdowns. You can imagine if 90% of your food is coming from carbohydrate, your body's not going to respond to that same energy intake as if you had a balanced intake of protein, carbs, and fat, as an example. And so, so the right combination of macronutrients is going to allow us to fuel our brain, nervous system, heart, and other organs. It's going to allow us to support metabolic function, promote good hormonal balance, build and repair, build and maintain muscle mass, fuel performance and recovery, and provide adequate energy for our daily function. So if we want our body to do all of those things properly, we need to have some sort of breakdown that allows to optimize or support these functions. Once we have the right energy balance, the right macronutrient breakdown, we're now moving on to food quality. Now, food quality provides the body with adequate nutrients beyond macronutrients to support health and performance. And so we're talking about stuff like vitamins and minerals, phytonutrients, zoonutrients, which would be the nutrients that come from animals, as an example, fiber and water. All very important things and all need to be considered within the context of a healthy diet. Now, before we get into some general guidelines that are going to allow us to focus on proper food quality, I think it's important to have a discussion around quality of nutrition as a whole. There's a lot of discussion in the nutrition field about what types of food are good, what types of food are bad, what types of food are associated with negative health outcomes, what types of food are associated with positive health outcomes and make you healthier. And this quote encompasses 
the general principle behind quality nutrition that you should understand and that there is no good or bad foods, but there are good or bad diets. Essentially, what this means is that we should stop focusing on singular components of a diet, one specific nutrient or one specific food and figure out whether it's good or bad and whether we can incorporate it in our diet or not. Because the reality is that there are not many, and that's going to surprise some of you guys, but there's not many foods that we can think of. There are some, but there are very few foods that are actually unhealthy for you that you cannot consume in any quantities. If you look at the broader picture of your diet, you could probably fit most foods into your daily intake while still having a very healthy diet. As an example, we could talk about sugar because a lot of people say that sugar is very bad. But if I have the right calorie balance, the right macronutrient ratios, and I incorporate a controlled amount of sugar within my day, there is nothing wrong with that and it doesn't make my diet any more unhealthy. And so that's very important to understand and that's why this pyramid is so important. To be a bit more specific, again, you follow all of the guidelines that we've outlined so far and you have a leftover 10, maybe maybe 20% of your diet that is comprised of foods that people typically would consider less healthy, such as more processed food. You can have that into your daily intake and still be very healthy. And you shouldn't even think, okay, well, if I want to optimize, then in that case, I want to take those away because the reality is that we don't really have measures of these things actually showing negative health impact when we have them in small quantities relative to not having them at all. And for most people, this allows for balance. This allows for enjoyment of the diet as well as variety. And those things are potentially having an impact on mental and psychological health, which is also an important factor when it comes to overall health and those would be negatively affected if people were overly strict about what they're doing and obviously there's a certain amount of variability between how much is acceptable depending on your goals but in principle i think it's very important to understand that and now looking at the general guidelines here you're gonna be pretty good if you eat primarily whole foods and we're talking about meat fish veggies fruits whole grains nuts and seeds if you vary your menu and you vary your colors if you drink water regularly and if you allow for certain flexibility to promote enjoyment and adherence like we were just talking about, as well as follow the other steps of the pyramid, you're going to be in a pretty good place. Now that we've established the importance of energy balance, macronutrients and food quality, we're moving on to the sexy stuff, the stuff that gets the most amount of traction when we're talking about nutrition online, the stuff that people are very interested to hear about and the stuff that we constantly get questions about. And we're talking about the last 10, maybe 20% of the entire equation. And that is nutrient timing and supplements. And there's a lot that goes into nutrient timing. And so in a further presentation, I'll try to break down the most important or the best practices surrounding that. But the take home message is that you shouldn't focus on this stuff unless the other three pillars have been taken care of. And because you're not going to get any results or barely, barely any results from focusing on nutrient timing if the other stuff is not taken care of first. And furthermore, working on nutrition, nutrient timing once you've taken care of the other three pillars is still not going to yield a huge amount of results. And so this brings us back to our discussion of who are you and what your goals are. If you are someone that just generally wants to be fit and healthy, 
works out a couple times a week, and you're thinking about longevity and quality time with your family, there's a varied range of macronutrients breakdown that you could incorporate into your diet. And there's even a range of body fat percentage that are acceptable for health. And so nutrient timing may not even need to be on your radar at all, and you may get all the results that you want to have from focusing on the other stuff. But maybe you're an athlete who's very, very focused on performance. And in your sport, the difference between qualifying for an event or making a podium is fractions of a percent. In that case, something that is going to give you an edge of 5% or 10% or whatever that may be is definitely something that you should be considering and worrying about. And so putting this into context, let's just look at what nutrient timing is. And again, we'll talk about the details of this later, but at least you'll understand what we're talking about. So first, this is all of the stuff relevant to how many meals you should have in a day. If you should skip a meal as an example, when should you eat your meals in the day? Um, what should the macronutrient breakdown of each meal be? Now we've established, okay, you need to eat these macronutrients, but do I eat the same ratio at every meal? Should I vary it? Can I vary it? Pre and post-workout nutrition, of course. And again, it's an important thing to realize is that post-workout nutrition doesn't seem all that important in the context of what we just talked about. And then finally chrononutrition or the up-and-coming field of chrononutrition, which is essentially syncing up your nutrition to your body's rhythm and your circadian rhythm. And so these are all of the things that encompass nutrient timing. And these are things that may or may not be worthwhile worrying about for you, but again, are going to have a small impact on the overall results that you get. And finally, moving on to supplements, the last maybe 5%. There's only a few supplements for most of us that are worth taking, unless we have clearly identified nutrient deficiencies, which you need to go get tested for. Most of the supplements on the market are not worth taking, period. A few of them work, a few of them are effective, and the list is not that long. I'm gonna provide that to you in a separate document. There's also the reality that most of the supplements claims have not don't have enough research to confirm their effectiveness. And so sure, Certain supplements are said to have these potential benefits, but how much this is actually significant is arguable at best. It's important to realize that supplements are just that. They're supplements, they're not replacements. So they're, all, they're going to be added on top of all the other stuff that we just talked about. They're going to support you, maybe give you a little help accomplishing some of the stuff already discussed, such as using a protein powder supplement to help you hit your protein intake for the day, but they are not going to replace any of the good habits you need to put in place. Now, going back to the start, our pyramid needs to sit on something, and we're talking about behavior and lifestyle. And this stuff is extremely important because if you want to even be able to implement some of the stuff we discussed in this presentation, you need to have the right behaviors, the right systems and tools in place, and you need to make it fit within the reality of your lifestyle. And if we don't connect our nutritional approach to your current lifestyle, we're never going to be effective, even if we identify specific things you need to be working on. And so this means that for some of you guys at certain times, working on nutrition is going to look a whole lot more like working on planning and prioritizing or working on organization or working on 
optimizing your daily schedule or preparing for later steps that are going to lead you to make better food choices and are not we're not always necessarily going to be focused on specific nutritional intervention if you're not able to take that step and confidently implement it consistently into your daily routine and to give you an idea of what we're talking about here we're talking about not just what you eat but also how you eat it and we're talking about your daily routine how's your sleep how's your stress what's your mindset around health in general how does your nutrition and your diet fit within the context of your life as a whole like we said we're talking about habits systems consistency and adherence to the nutritional stuff that we are implementing and also your support system which is a extremely big differentiating factor in people that can be successful long-term versus those who are not or those who fall back into all the patterns. So now this is just a quick overview, but the point is to make you understand how deep we need to go and what we need to focus on if we're talking about your health practice. It's not just about eating a little bit differently and doing a few workouts. We have to look at a more holistic view of your, your entire reality and behavior and lifestyle is a big part of that. And now if we want to do a quick recap of what we just discussed, behaviors and lifestyle are the foundation for sustainability of everything that we're actually going to do on the pyramid. And then if we cover energy balance and macronutrients, we're probably somewhere around 80% of the way there when it turns to good nutrition. We're also going to probably take care of food quality, which is the next step on the pyramid. And the stuff at the very top, the sexy stuff that we all like to talk about is only a few percentage point and is only worth considering once the other stuff is taken care of and if it truly is going to have a worthwhile impact for us to spend the effort to work on those things. That's it for today. Big high five. And what we're going to do next is break down these subjects in more details and start implementing them in a way that is specific to your situation, which we're going to determine together with coaching. Team, we are done with episode one of this series. There's a lot more where that came from and there's a lot more content coming up on the podcast about all things health and fitness related. If you enjoyed the content of this episode, please let me know on the socials. Don't be shy to reach out if you have any questions. Please, if you want to help out, give the podcast a follow. This is also going to help allow you to get notified when there's new content that comes out. And also, if you know or you think of someone that would benefit from this information, please, please share it with them. The goal is not necessarily for me to grow my reach to a massive following, but just to spread the word and share good information with good people. And so I would really appreciate it if you could do that. If you want more information from me, you can find me on my website at lpcb.fit or on Instagram at lpcb. So that's L-P-E-E-Z-C-B. Once again, thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys on the next one.